Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 76 of Reality of the Rose. I'm your host, Natalie Sprink. We have got today my third Rose interview. Um, had to skip a week last week because it was just too busy with the holidays, with Christmas. We went to a Packer game. We had a full, full week. We drove down to Missouri and it just wasn't happening. So um, skip last week altogether. This week, uh, my third Rose interview is with my lovely daughter, Allie. You all have heard her before on several different podcasts. So you know a little bit about Allie already, but obviously with the questions that you've heard before with my first two interviews, we're going to get to know her a lot better. We're going to learn a few more things about her that we didn't know. We're going to get to know some of her favorite products, some of her insecurities, some of her strengths. We're going get, to get to know a lot more about Allie. Um, so I hope that you all enjoy this. This is another it's a, it'll be a little different than the past two because Allie is of the uh, younger generation. What, what generation are you, Allie? Z. She's generation Z. So this may um, be appealing to, you know, younger folks. Um, but all of you who are mothers and older and my age and all the generations past generation Z, what am I? I think you're ex. Or millennial. I don't think I'm either. I think I'm whatever's before that. Either way, I'm hoping that all of you out there will be interested in what she has to say, because I believe that this, the reason I'm doing these interviews is because I believe that all of us as women can learn from each other and learn um, just things that make us appreciate each other, no matter where we're from, no matter what ages we are. So um, let's dig right in, Allie. She's sitting here right with me. Also, as a side note, we get a live interview this time, or not live, but we're together because Allie is home for a couple weeks. Her amazing job, shout out M Booth, gives their employees off from, like off, off, close their computers off from December the 22nd until June the 3rd. So she decided to come home. And so she has been home for two weeks and I've been so happy to have her. Um, let's learn more about Allie. All right, Allie, are you ready? Let's learn more about Allie. All right. Okay. The first question, Allie, is tell us about yourself. Give us, we know your name. Give us your age, where you grew up, where you live now, um, family, job, all of that good stuff. <laughs> Allie, 23. I'm sorry. You're I'm 22. 23. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. I'm 22. Um, did I just forget how old I was? You did. Okay. I'm from Altenburg, Missouri. Where do I live now? I live in New York City now. Um, my family <laughs> is my mother, my father, and my four brothers, Matthew, William, Jared, and Tyler. And my job is I work as an account coordinator at a public relations agency called M Booth, where I do marketing and PR for Dawn Dish Soap, Cascade, Dishwasher Detergent, Sometimes Gain, dish dish products and Maybelline New York. And um who would you say which of those clients do you work with the most? Dawn and Cascade. And I would like you to tell us a little bit because when you say that, I think for a lot of people it may be difficult to understand like what do you mean work with them? So tell us a little bit on a on a day-to-day -day basis. Me knowing you knows that that's a little bit difficult to do because it's a little bit different all the time, but um, give us a brief summary of what your job duties are. I'll give you a top line because it could take hours to explain, but basically I, so basically, I don't know if everybody listening knows what a PR agency is, but some companies will only have like, for example, P&G has communications people within their company, but they don't have the wherewithal to conduct all of their 
their marketing campaigns on their own. So they hire people to do it for them. And so that's what agencies are is they are people that will basically are hired to, to create and manage campaigns for these brands. And so P&G contracts my agency and booth to manage Dawn and Cascade. And so we do a lot of like their social media campaigns. So we work with their influencers. We help them develop and create all of their campaigns. So for example, Dawn just did a campaign with Jenna Bush Hager where they released a children's book about preserving and protecting wildlife. And so they came to us basically with what they wanted to do and we helped them develop the idea and help them contract celebrities and come up with ideas for who's going to be a part of the campaign. And we helped them create the book and we're there like every step along the way to like develop and manage the campaign. And so then we also reach out to different magazines and editors to help them get their brand out in different outlets online and in print um, as well as broadcast. And we just basically are doing all of the public relations work for them to get their brand out in the media, out on social media, and just like out in the world, basically trying to increase sales. Great. Um, and you, you spoke of Jenna Bush Hager. Um, I would like you again, me, me knowing what happened or what, what you did, but I think it would be interesting for people to hear, um, how closely you yourself worked with Jenna Bush Hager and just name, just so that they have an idea of what you specifically do day to day on like just this particular project alone, just kind of list off for them on those few days that you worked with her, sort of what your days look like. Well, the more of the work goes into the front half of planning these kind of campaigns because executing her being there is like the easiest part. And so what I mean by her being there is when we contracted her to be a part of this initiative, she helped co-create the book. We, she agreed to two eight hour media days. And what that is, is basically we reach out to a number of different media outlets and offer these editors interview an interview with Jenna Bush Hager. And it can be, obviously we ask the editors that it surrounds the book, but they are allowed to ask her any questions they want. They get a 15 minute interview with Jenna Bush Hager. And so we set up back-to-back interviews for her on these two days and she came in person and it was me and a couple of members of my team. And we were there with her in the hotel room while she was conducting all these interviews. And we would basically make sure she was comfortable and help her understand and brief her on everything that like she needs to get through in these interviews. But a lot of it, she's super professional and really good at what she does. So she was really easy to work with um, as far as like, she knew the ropes and she knew how to talk to everybody and we didn't really have to do, she like took the reins on a lot of it, but I was in the room with her, helping her stay organized, helping her understand who's interviewing her, briefing her on everything she needs to know about the interviewer and stuff like that. But we organized everything for these media days. So we, we rented the hotel room, we got her food, we got all of the supplies that are needed, the cameras, the laptops, the Zoom links. We reached out to all of the editors. We wrote all the pitches and the media list to make sure that this I this story about Jenna Bush Hager co-creating a book with Dawn was out in the media. Um, and we just organized all of the logistics that went into it. And the actual event itself wasn't as grueling as the nobody realizes what goes into things like that. And I really didn't either until I started working at this agency. Um, but it's been really cool to be a part of like the organization of that. And I'm like, just learning so much by like working with all of these like really intelligent women that have been doing this for years and are able to so quickly know what's needed and how to interact with celebrities and media. And I'm just, I'm learning a lot. So great. Um, since this is a sort of a, a, a woman's interview, um, would you like to expand on how women are prevalent at Embooth? Yeah, I would say, so the CEO is a woman. She went to Cornell, I believe. Um, but she's really awesome. And she like is always at the office and gets to know all of the employees, which there's 300 people that work at my agency. So she 
knows a lot of them by name and is really personable. And then I believe the owner of M Booth, well, M Booth is owned by a parent company, but I believe the founder was a woman. And then almost all of the people that work on my team are women. I do. There is a handful of men that work at, at M Booth, but again, like it's a really collaborative space, a really open space. It's very like um, welcoming. And I was really not intimidated by anybody I met at the job and everybody is just like really easy to get along with. And I think that's like another perk of working there is like, I feel like I'm working with a bunch of friends and people that are looking out for me all the time. So not only am I like growing professionally, but I also think that at the job I'm growing personally and like just working with a bunch of women that have lived in New York city for years and years is so helpful as well. Amazing. I just love hearing about it. I could listen to it all day long. Um, and since this is a bachelor podcast, I would like you to tell the audience who in bachelor nation you also got to work with and which brand it was. I worked with Kendall long, um, for Dawn for the same book. She promoted it on her socials. Um, it was really like a good campaign though, because she is like a wildlife enthusiast by heart and by trade. So, um, it was a really fun campaign and she like, you should go to her profile and check out the video because it was super cool. She lives in California and I actually, uh, the part of the book has, um, how to interact with like sea lions and seals and stuff. And she actually had those in her video, like on the beach with her dog. And, um, it was just like a really cool video. She was really nice and it was really fun to work with her. And when you say video, was it on her TikTok or TikTok. Instagram? Okay. So she might have reposted it to Instagram too. I can't remember. And for those of you who are bachelor fans, if, if you are blanking, um, which I'm sure you're not, but Kendall Long was initially with grocery store Joe. They got together on bachelor in paradise the season before last. And I got engaged, I believe, and then ended up breaking up. And then on the season where grocery Grocery store Joe and Serena got together. Kendall was also on that season as well, but she is now engaged to somebody that's not in Bachelor Nation. And um, I believe they moved to Germany. Oh, just like in the that. past few weeks. But anyway, okay. All right. So moving on, um, Allie, how did you choose this particular career? If if you can expand or, you know, long, short, um, or did it choose you? No, I chose it. It's, I knew, well, when I got into the journalism school in college, I didn't know what path I wanted to take. So I took, there was a few classes that were just intro classes. And then I went onto the path of strategic communications. And then I ended up taking lots of classes about PR and social media. And I pretty, I knew that I wanted to do PR, but I didn't, don't think I really knew what PR was though. Like, I don't think I fully understood that. And then I don't know at what point it was in college that I realized there was agencies. And so I started applying for internships at agencies because everybody says that agencies are a great place to start your career because you get to meet lots of different people and you get to work with lots of different brands and it's really fast paced and very easy to grow. So I went with that and I got an internship in college at an agency, but getting a job at an agency is honestly really competitive. A lot of people want to do PR. PR is huge in New York. Um, there's so many different kinds of agencies, but it's very competitive, especially with now I realized, which I didn't know this when I was applying, but with P&G brands, it's very impressive to have worked with a P&G brand on your resume because P&G is the biggest marketer in the world. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm very lucky and blessed to be on that, be able to work. And I have like learned so much so quickly, um, but it was hard. And I reached out to a bunch of different people and got a lot of advice from UW alumni and people in my network before I even started applying for jobs because I kind of wanted to narrow down, like there's just so, so much out there. Um, and so I, I think I ended up in the right place. So for those who might be listening to this, who are in your more in your age bracket and a little younger than you, um, and not that this is going to apply to everybody, but 
Do you, um, can you recall how specifically you got your first interview with M Booth? Like, did you, is it through someone you knew? Like, can you give a little background to that? When I was a senior, I was um, in college. I was reaching out to probably five different people a day on LinkedIn that worked at agencies because when you when you look up agencies on LinkedIn it will tell you people how many people from your school work there so what I would do is I would click on that and then I would go through and look for the person that is closest in my that was closest to the role I was applying to which was account coordinator so either account assistant account executive account coordinator or account executive and that I knew that because I just did research on it beforehand which I recommend doing but I um reached out to a bunch of people and then I found M Booth, but no people from UW Madison that were, I felt like at a low enough level for me to reach out to worked there. So I just randomly reached out to a girl that went to, um, Penn state and we talked a few times and we really clicked and she offered to recommend me or refer me, which is also something that like you pretty much have to have if you want your resume to get noticed. Cause there's so many applicants. And then and that's how I got my first interview and she referred me. So. And, then, and how many interviews did it take for you to get the job? Um, three interviews and then a written test. I had to do. So you would say that networking is a huge part of It's all about getting who you know. Everyone says that now. So yes, I wouldn't have gotten my job if I wouldn't have like worked. And not only did I, did it help me get my job, but every, I probably talked to 50 people and all 50 people I talked to, gave me advice on like where to start in an agency, gave me like a very good advice on how agencies were divided up. Like I didn't know there were different teams in an agency. And like, I work on a consumer team, which means I sell consumer products. And I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what the difference between crisis PR and like consumer PR was. And so it was like very helpful to talk to all of these people. And a lot of them are very willing to give you their honest opinion about their companies and their jobs. And so there was a couple of companies that I didn't even end up applying to because they recommended I didn't. So yeah, very helpful. So you would say that, and don't you think that's partly because they have been in your position before? Yeah. That's why a lot of them said that they were like, I'm more than happy to do this. I know how challenging and hard it is to get your foot into the door in this field and so because I mean it's when you get in it's like very very fast paced and it's very hard work and like I don't work a normal nine to five all the time I'm working 50 hours a week sometimes 60 hours a week and so you have to just be willing to like commit to it your first couple of years so that you can grow and I think that like that takes a special personality from someone and like it really helped me learn a lot. Um, and just one last thing to touch on that so we don't get stuck on this, but so getting like, so again, networking, talking, doing the legwork, doing the research is all very important. I, I think that there are definitely people who, um, you know, it's who, you know, and they can just say, oh, I can get you a job at such and such place, but there's something to be said for, working at it yourself and doing the background research and, and, um, being very poignant to like what you want to do because you may end up getting more exactly what you want if you're yourself doing the legwork and Mm -hmm. the research and all that. Would you say that's true? Yeah. I had several opportunities from people that I talked to that weren't in agencies and, and there, again, there's nothing wrong with accepting a job that offers however more money and it's not exactly what you ended up going to do that's like a personal preference there's no there's no one that can say that's worse or better than if if you're willing to just do something for the money all power to you because I think that that is a certain another certain level of like willpower and strength is to be able to just do something that you're not exactly passionate about to make a lot of money I am if I don't like to do something I'm gonna dread it and like I didn't want to spend I I cannot dread my life because it makes me miserable and very anxious. So I um, just decided to do the legwork of like figuring it out on my own. So great. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Um, Okay. So the next question is, if you are willing to share, tell, tell us about a life challenge that you have experienced that you feel helped shaped you, make you who you are. Um, 
just made you into the person that you are today? I know you're very young, but yeah, um, it can be big and can be little. I think that this sounds so cliche, but my life definitely would not be the same if I had not chosen to go to the University of Wisconsin, um, which was like a very challenging part of my life because I got on the wait list and that was really frustrating and I had to figure out what I was going to do if I didn't get off the wait list and I wanted to move to New York, but like I didn't really have the resources to move to New York and a lot of people doubted that I would actually do that and made fun of me for wanting to do that and thought it was stupid. And I can't tell you the amount of people that told me I was dumb and it was like a stupid idea to try to do that. One of those people was not me. (laughs) (laughs) And when I went to school there, I just met so many different kinds of people. And so many people were like so encouraging and helped me so much like get to where I want to be and I just learned so much not only academically but socially there that like I went somewhere I did I didn't know anyone and I had grew up in a town of 350 people and I moved to a city a state capital of 350,000 people which was a really big jump and like I don't even think I blinked during it like it was so fun but I definitely like faced people being critical of what I was doing um, and still do. <laughs> um, but, um, I think that it was completely like worth it. And I now live in New York city and I have my dream job. So haha. <laughs> um, and I believe that that is also part of the cliche about you hear it all the time, but, uh, going outside your box uh, and your comfort yeah, zone. Because I did not want to go to the University of Wisconsin. I don't know if we've ever talked about that on here, but I wanted to go to the University of Kansas. And my dad convinced me to go visit Madison for a second time because he was convinced it was where I belonged. And I thought he was literally crazy. And I applied two days before the deadline. So I don't know who, I don't know. I They're just something made me go there then. And I, I attribute it, if I could background it, I attribute it to the, to the professor we had that gave us the tour the second time around. He was my advisor. Was he? Mm -hmm. Oh, because we got a specifically a tour in the school of journalism, the second. And those girls, I don't know who those girls were that were sitting there in that classroom, but they, they convinced me. Shout out to those girls. (laughs) Okay. Um, all right. So getting off sort of like the deep topics, let's, let's get into, um, if you, um, we're getting into makeup alley. Okay. okay. All right. If you could apply only two makeup items and you could use only two okay. makeup items forever and ever, never, that's all you could use. Okay. What are they? And what brands specifically do you like in those two things? It can be three two, but two or three. Okay. I'm going to do three because, um, I have a reason, but if I can only use two, I would use brow gel and blush. Oh, now that is like a very everyday look. I think that having mascara is important sometimes because like if I'm going out, like I feel like my eyes would look better if I wasn't using mascara. So like I would say my third item would definitely be mascara. I don't think I could like have a full makeup look without mascara, but I would do my two items as brow gel and and blush. Interesting. Okay. Rare Beauty Blush. It looks so good. I love Rare Beauty Blush. Is Rare Beauty somebody's? Selena Gomez. Okay. And it's just my favorite blush ever. It looks so, it makes my, for some reason, sits really well on my skin. Not everybody's, but on mine it does. And it, ble- it makes me look like sun-kissed even in the middle of the freaking winter. And it's great. Do you, is there a specific color that you use? I think it's or? Encourage. Okay. Call, and then I use Hope too. Okay. And then I use Glossier Clear Boy Brow Gel. Okay. It just makes my eyebrows look way better. Okay. So give the two name brands again. Rare Glossier Beauty. Glossier and Rare Beauty. All right. And then what mascara is your favorite? I was a, I'm a big better than sex girl, but I recently started using Lancome mascara and the brush is like even skinnier than better than sex and even stiffer. 
And I really like that because I like sometimes having like a very natural mascara. When I want a heavier mascara, I go with better than sex. But when I want a very natural, like, like it doesn't clump my eyelashes together at all. That's important. Yeah. It, I, I, I like it looks, it's not as dramatic as better than sex, which is why I still like better than sex. Lancome, I like to wear to like work and stuff because it all, it like just makes my eyelashes look like normal, but just longer. Is it a specific Lancome? It's in a pink bottle. I can't remember what it's called. It's in a pink, like, um, chrome-ish bottle. Okay. And just as my own personal, uh, interest, because I usually like, I don't like the brushes that are, um, like, um, like the brushes themselves are plastic or does that make sense? Yeah. It's like an actual brush. Yeah. Is that what it's like? Yeah. And is it still a full brush? Like it's pretty dense brush. No. It's not. It's like spiky. Okay. I'm not sure if I would like that or not. I'll have to try yours. Yeah. I'll show you. Okay. It. Um, all right. Very good. Um, do you like to cook? And if so, what is your go-to dish or like something that you make really well or that you really like to eat. And I know you're, it's a little bit different for you because you're just cooking just for yourself all the time. Now you don't have a family to cook for, but either way, it doesn't yeah, okay. I there don't might be... really, I don't really like to cook. Okay. Um, yeah. Ooh, that's my daughter. I like to like, I like it in theory. Like I, what I'm like the kind of person who will like go get a bunch of ingredients from the store, but like in the middle of cooking, I'm like, this is so horrible. <laughs> But I usually make really fast meals. So I, my favorite is chicken sausage, like Italian chicken sausage from Trader Joe's. And then I get this like really funky looking pasta. It's like squiggly. And I put, it's, and then I put um, Parmesan cheese and broccoli in it. And it's like, I just mix it that all together. I with like garlic and olive oil and butter. And it's really good. It's like they serve it in like Italian restaurants, which is where I got the original idea. They they serve that dish. But I've been I can't eat it very often though anymore because broccoli is really high in FODMAPs and it hurts my stomach. So but it's really easy to like make for like three days and like have it in the fridge. You know, I when I was getting HelloFresh, they had a lot of dishes with chicken sausage, which I don't know that I'd ever had before. Yeah. And I really like chicken sausage. It's a good alternative because I don't like cooking chicken. It really makes me angry. And it's really gross. Wait, why? Is why is it's it just angry? hard? It takes so long. Yeah. Like I just don't I'm always cooking it wrong too. And so I just like chicken sausage is so easy. It is. So. I do like it. I don't, I don't know that I buy it really since I don't get HelloFresh anymore. You should. It's should. a good thing All to right. just throw in to have a protein. Great. Okay. Um, let me see where I am on time real quick. So I know if we need to, yeah, we're going to, we, we got, got just like 30 minutes. We need to go to 30 minutes. So we got like two minutes. You get two minutes to answer the next question. Oh, oh no, we better. We better not answer that one. That'll take a little bit longer. Let's ask, um, do you have a beauty hack? that you would like to share? Uh, in two minutes. Uh, okay. Let me think beauty, beauty, beauty. Just like a hack, like a fun thing that you do, you know, like a hack. Not, I know. Yeah. I, okay. I know. What I'm, I know. Um, <laughs> this is going to be so weird. And I don't know why this came to me. But if I want Maggie, my roommate, to listen to this because she's going to think it's so funny because we both do this. But this is, this is more just like a, like a, it's not beauty, like face. That's okay. Um. Okay. I do have a beauty one though. If okay. you, when you put your eyebrow gel on, if you swipe up, not like uh, over, it makes your eyebrows look more full and it makes them look like bigger and like thicker, which is like what's trending right now. So that's like eyebrow gel, like go up, like brush up, okay. not over. Uh-huh. My next one is when I was like nine years old, Miley Cyrus, I don't know what in context to don't ask me what, why she told me to put deodorant on at night because it like goes on better. So I always put deodorant on before I go to bed at night and like it does, it, it just like makes me not smell at all. Okay. <laughs> also put deodorant on under your boobs if you have big boobs oh okay that's like, a good one it, it really helps my boobs like not sweat at all and it just like m- makes them not like sticky 
if that makes sense. I also don't know where you got your boobs. I don't know, but either way, okay. <laughs> Miley Cyrus at night, put it on at night and also put it on under your boobs. Okay. Well, maybe it like soaks in overnight. Yeah, I don't know why it does it, but it like works. It works better and longer for me if I put the it on. The problem at night. is, is if you shower in the mornings, that's not. Oh well, work. true. This is a night. I shower at night a lot. Okay. So all right, okay. Well, we're gonna have to stop real quick here and start our next thirty minutes. So be right back. Okay, we are back. Allie thought of another beauty hack she wants to share, as well as the deodorant under at night and under the boobs. What else? If you put your perfume on right after you shower, it sticks on your skin better. And if you have issue with like breakage with your hair and like your hair falls out and it's not very soft, use a t-shirt for a towel instead of a regular towel because it like doesn't take the moisture out of your hair. Very nice. Thank you. You're all good. Okay. Um, okay. The one I skipped was, um, do you have a facial routine? If so, how long is it? Like how massively long is it like your mother's or is it not? And then you need to share the products you use. And I'm specifically really talking about nighttime, but you can share your nighttime and morning if they're different. They're pretty similar. Um, I have one. It takes me like seven minutes. Um, I just wash my face with Kiehl's. Okay. Face wash. And then I put it's, on a hyaluronic acid. Sorry. Spell that. So in case there's people that don't know what Kiehl's. I think it's K-I-E-H-L apostrophe S. Okay. And then I use like a moisturizing serum right after that. Sometimes hyaluronic acid. Sometimes it's just like a certain kind of oil. Um, right now I'm using the Dr. Loretta hydrating serum got for free from work. Um, Perk. and then in the mornings only I do a vitamin C serum, which right now I'm using beauty counter again from work, really expensive serum, but it's great. I love it. Do you have a vitamin C serum that you use when you have to pay for it yourself that you like? I'm trying to figure that out right now. I had some shop cash from shop. So I just bought another Tula one that's like $55. But I love the Tula one. I love the Honest Beauty one or Honest Company or whatever that's called, Jessica Alba's brand. I love that vitamin C serum. I've heard good things about the Inky List one, which is cheap. So maybe I'll try that after I run out of the Tula one if I don't have any more shop cash left. We'll see. I like the Tula one though. Um, and then I use the Honest Beauty like moisture cream. And then I use... SPF in the mornings, Glossier, SPF. And then I use, for the last step, I use a um, Glossier moisture balm that helps restore your um, moisture barrier on your face. And it's Glossier, if I didn't say that. And then I sometimes mix that with the Drunk Elephant um, bronzing drops, which helps make my face look a little bit tan. But Okay. And Glossier, for those who don't know, is spelled how? G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R. Okay. So real quick again, cleansers, keels, hyaluronic acid is? Dr. Loretta. Dr. Loretta. But I'm just, I'm about to try a drunk elephant oil. So I'm okay. excited about that. Okay. And then vitamin C is beauty counter or, or Tula. Tula. And then moisturizing cream, Honest Company. SPF is Glossier and um, moisture repair your or barrier restore, whatever the hell it is. The moist, the thick moisturizer is Glossier. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So let's see what is next. Um, we shared your beauty hack. What are your three top favorite Netflix? And it doesn't have to be Netflix, just whatever streaming service you prefer your three top favorite Netflix series or movies, whichever you want to share, whichever you like best. Like I'd say you can like, if they're current top favorite or all time top favorite, just for letting people like know something to watch. Everyone's always looking for something to watch on Netflix. Okay. Um, my favorite show on Netflix is Gilmore girls. It's so good. Um, and they did a reboot in 2018 with four hour and a half long episodes to like close out the series better. 
So you're talking about even the old Gilmore yeah, Girls. Yeah, I watched you... the whole show. Got it. Seven okay. seasons. Wow. And then Vampire Diaries. Oh my God, I've seen that like 85,000 times. I love that show. Mm-hmm. On Hulu, there's a show called A Million Little Things. It was on ABC, I think. And I watched that. I think there's like four seasons. It is so good. Such a good show. A little bit dark, but like very like realistic of what life is. So good. You know, I remember when that came out. It was on after, I want to say it was on after The Bachelor. Yeah, um, or uh, um, on after. Um, Grey's Anatomy. No, what's that show that everyone watches? It's about the. Oh, This Is Us. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah. It was on after This Is Us. It was. And yeah. I always did think it looked really good, it's but I never so, watched it. so good. It's so good. Okay. Um. Also, just a side note. I want... Actually, this is just number four is Emily in Paris. I think yeah, it's good. I, I really, don't care what people say. I think it's good. I want to watch it. it it's, looks, like, so easy to watch. It's not, like... It's not like you're going to be, like, oh, my God, what's around the corner? But it's, like, it's just... Like, if you love rom-coms, you'll love Emily in Paris. Is it a bit like Sex in the City or yeah, not? Kind yeah, kind of. Okay. That's like that vibe. It seems like something it's I would exactly like. exactly like that vibe. What is your favorite reality show? Just one. The Kardashians. Oh. Oh, so good. Okay. Um, what is your worst, uh, like, physical body insecurity? And then what part of your body are you very confident and you feel like is, you like, your strength or that, that you love the most? My you- body insecurity is my stomach. And my, your stomach, meaning it just looks too fat to the me. pooch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. You got that from me and Malga. Yeah. I like, I gain weight easily there. I like, it's just, I don't know. I hate it. And then I like my eyes. Hmm. Very good. Okay. What is your worst social insecurity? And then what is a social strength that you have? Like, what's it like? What do you mean? Like a. Well, it's funny enough, like a social insecurity um, for Dawn was that she doesn't like to poop in public, (laughs) in public restrooms. But like, I think Jody's was, um, what did she, what is, I'm sorry, Jody. Okay. All right. I hate calling people, not like friends and family. Like I hate calling like a doctor or like a company. I have to do it all the time for my job. Like I have to like order like catering or like. Um, I don't know, so, like professional services. I hate talking on the phone. I hate calling them. It makes me so nervous. I'm not bad at it. I'm actually quite good at it, like talking to people, but I hate doing it. Just like I hate going to the post office. <laughs> I hate it. I what? never know what to do. It's ma- It like gives me so much anxiety. That's totally a generation thing. I have a feeling. Because I just, I, I don't, we don't know anything different than just calling people from way back when. And also the post office, you I had to just go there. And okay. I hate going to the doctor. I hate filling out forms. I like just, I hate that. I hate it. That's funny. Okay. What I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, like making friends. I feel like, yes. I feel like when I meet people, like I'm really good at like talking to them and like, I want to say I am good at asking questions to other people because I hate when people don't ask questions. I think it's so immature. Amen, sister. And even like with people my age, like I think it's really embarrassing when they're your age and they don't because it's like seriously grow up. But I think when like when they're my age, it makes me tell how mature they are. Like it's like if you can only talk about yourself and like I ask you a question and you answer it and you just sit there Mm -hmm. like – I, we're not going to get along that well because I'm like, it's just not going to work. Like if you can't hold a conversation, like we're 22, come on. Yeah. So. And, and I can say the same. So I'm always really cognizant about that when I'm like talking to people is like, if I feel like I'm dominating by talking, I like ask questions. I, I, we, you, I don't, you don't get that from me, but I, I, that's one of my biggest pet peeves and I'm sure you've heard me talk about it throughout my life too, but it, it's also a huge pet peeve of mine. And I find that I start to even like put walls up if I yeah. know I'm going to be around that person that literally never asks questions of me at all. I start to just get in the mode of going, mm-hmm, 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. I also just like so, stop talking. Like, yeah, I'm like, me I'm too. not going to keep trying with you. There's I, no point. I, I agree. I, that's a really good one. 
Um, okay. I want to hear your dog voice. Um, in other words, how do you talk to Max when you talk to Max? Oh my God. Like say, um, say- Hi Maxie. <laughs> oh, that's a good boy. Oh, tell him it's time to eat. You want to eat? <laughs> oh, that's so I cute. hate that. <laughs> um, I love hearing people's dog voices. Okay. What is your favorite place you have traveled? Wait, wait, I have something funny about that. (laughs) Okay. One of my friends like ended things with a guy because of her ick of the way he talked to his dog. (laughs) Really? Because his was like, oh my God, she, I'm not even going to say her name because she'll be so freaking pissed off at me if I was telling everybody this. So I'm not going to say who it is, but he would like call their, his dog. Like he'd be like, her name was V the dog's name. He would be like, stop it like in a really deep voice like instead of like how everybody's like oh good boy or whatever he was like (laughs) and she was like i literally can't do it like she literally stopped talking to him because of that that's really funny i heard that reminds me of just recently it's something similar um that a girl i heard this on a podcast i think a girl broke up with her boyfriend because of how he talked to alexa whenever they would come into the house and he would, that's how oh, he yeah. would talk he to talk- Alexa. He would like, he'd be like, Alexa, play that song. Like, <laughs> like where you expect Alexa go, will you freaking chill? I will calm the <laughs> hell down. But she broke up with him because she's like, if he talks to Alexa like that, how's he going to talk to me? Well, someday? that's what she, this is what my friend said. Is she was like, he was really nice. But what if he like yelled at me like that? <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, that's a good point. All right. What is the favorite, your favorite place um, that you have ever traveled? And then what is a bucket list place that you would like to travel? My favorite place I've ever traveled is Italy. Um, That was a great experience. The food was awesome. The sights were awesome. The weather was really pretty. Um, A bucket list place would be, crap, uh... I would really like to travel to Australia. I'm not really down for the flight, but I would like to travel there. I also would love to go to Africa. Nice. On a safari or just to Africa? Yeah, but I also hear like like really great things about South Africa as well. Okay, so. cool. Um, What is a dream? Oh, and Amsterdam. Oh, I want to go there really bad. I think I want to go there too. Yeah. There's so many places. I also I think Greece go. would be really cool. Mykonos. Sorry. Yeah. Um, what is a dream or life goal of yours, career or otherwise, which you have only 22. So you have, I mean, so my career goal was, I was actually thinking about this in bed the other night. It was really, it's really weird that this is one of the questions. My career goal was to get a job at an agency and I did that. So now I'm like, I don't have one. Which is like really interesting. Like I don't have a. I want to get promoted and I want to like climb the ladder, but I'm really happy with where I am right now. And I was thinking, like, I was looking at like jobs, um, online. Just like they, I have LinkedIn notifications on, and like I was like, there are so many companies and so much I could do. That like I think because I like okay, I got my job at an agency. It's like my mind is like that's what you're just gonna do for the rest of your life. But that's so not true. So I think I'm just going to figure it out as I go, Good. which like I'm so young and I'm only, I'm not even within a year. So that could, re- that could easily change once I'm like five years into my career. I think that I'll probably have a little bit more motivation to be like deciding what I want to do. But right now I'm like, if something really cool comes along, I'll look at it. But right now I'm good. I don't, I don't have like aspirations to want to work for myself or anything. I think that that's like too what much if- work for me right now, maybe in the future. I don't know. I would love to work my dream brand though. I would love to work for is rare beauty because that I love makeup and like skincare, the, the, that whole field. I love Selena Gomez. And I also like, she has the rare impact fund, which is like for mental health. And I love that. And I think that it would be really cool to work for a brand. That's also like making a societal change instead of just like selling product. So I would like to work for her, but also like would be down to work for a brand that's doing something similar, like with like raising money to like change society and like break stereotypes. So that's a great goal. I think that's a great goal. Any kind of, any kind of, um, personal goal, like, um, you know, not career, um, 
oriented mm. or not really? I think that I've had a hard time with um, my growing up in my body, like changing from what it was at like 17. So I have made it one of my New Year's resolutions to like be comfortable with like what I look like and who I am and like accept that my body is never going to look like it did when I was 16 and um, like stop comparing to other people and try to just like everyone always like love yourself. Like that sounds so cheesy, but like like be comfortable in the mirror. That's I'm very proud of you for saying that. And I also think I, it's a great goal for every single woman to have because with a, every stage of life and every year to five years to 10 years, your body changes again and again and again. Yeah. Like there's, I could, I can exercise and eat as healthy as I want, but I just like, I, I am like a very healthy person usually. Like I work out five days a week and I like don't eat like, trash but like I don't see drastic changes in my body because I think I'm looking for like what like I see in on social media and also like what I was when I was 16 and realistically that's just not like my body's not built like that like I have curves and that's fine but like very few people on this planet have like boobs and a butt and like a completely flat stomach and tiny arms. So, but it's nice to see. I think that um, society is starting to embrace that more. And, and I agree. That's why I love the brand Skims. I love Kim Kardashian. She always shows good, like inclusive models on. And her Allie got me my first Skims uh, clothing for Christmas. Thank you, oh, Allie so awesome. and Tim. Kim, I think Allie everything Kim Kardashian does is just amazing. And anyone that hates her is just a misogynist or jealous. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I just think that's great. And I think that's a goal that every single woman should have for themselves because if they're being honest with themselves, I think it probably at one point, every woman on earth has struggled with it in some form or another. And, um, even though it's really hard to do sometimes, uh, talking about it and hearing others that struggle with it, I think makes everyone feel like we're in the same boat mm-hmm. and can encourage each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you read? And if so, what are your top three favorite books? And then also if you have a favorite author. Yes, I read. And my favorite books are book lovers, which is by Emily Henry. Yeah. I just read it. I literally just finished. She's it. one of my favorite authors. I love her. Um, it's right there. I don't remember. I think that's her name. Um, Did she also write people that we meet on vacation or mm-hmm. something like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. This is a hard one. I've read so many books. It's called the, let me, I, I like, I know this is going to sound like so basic, but I really like all of Colleen Hoover's books. They're like, um, a rom-com. Oh, in like a book. And that's like, if I'm going to read, that's the kind of book I'm going to read. Cause I'm just like, I'm not going to read something because like, I feel the need to be educated. Like if I want to, if I'm going to read, I'm reading it as entertainment, unless I'm reading for the soul of educating myself and that, which I will read an educational book. But if I have to like sit down on the couch after a day at work, like I'm just going to read what I'm entertained by, you of know? Course. So I like, um, a lot, all of Colleen Hoover's books I think are really good. Um, and then there's a book called the light we lost. I think that's what it called. It's called. And that is just a really good book. And then there's one that I got on Amazon. Let me look at, look at it and I'll come back. Okay. Ask another question. All right. Um, where is your favorite place to shop? In real life, oh. but then also online. And you can have, like, again, top two or three if okay. you like. Um, my favorite, like, I legitimately think all of, yeah, I can't find the book, but okay, it, it was, it's a really good book. It, it's got blue, it's blue, and it's got daisies on the front. It's called, like, something, like, something romantic, like, you the the way I loved you or like something like that okay um but the what's the question the question (laughs) um what is your favorite place to shop oh yeah okay both so I think that literally 90% of my clothes are from skims 
um, and Aritzia. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like literally anywhere else that I shop. <laughs> Those are my two go-to. I'm ordering clothes, um, online and in person. But I, Skims isn't in person. Aritzia is. I'll go to Aritzia in person. Okay. Um, and then I do a lot of like thrifting, um, and uh flea markets like curated flea markets in new york like people will travel and it's their job to find like really cool thrifting clothes and i am a big sweater girl um got that from your mama yeah and i find like the coolest sweaters and like the coolest jeans and pants and coats i found like a beautiful long dark green like dress coat um for $160 originally like $500 at a flea market like I love finding stuff like that so I always like I have a bunch of stuff from there as well you like Zara I do but I've been like shying away from it yeah okay I really like their clothes no I really like their like outerwear like I think their coats and their like cardigans and sweaters are cute the quality of some of their stuff is not my favorite and like they've increased their prices a lot. So like I used to really like Zara because it was like their quality was fine, but their prices weren't that expensive. And now it's like, like their shoes are like a hundred dollars now. And I'm like, they're not that comfortable. Like the quality versus the price is not what I think it should be. And like somewhere like Aritzia where you can spend probably $50 more and have it for like five more years than you would at Zara. So Okay. So Aritzia and Skims. Yeah. And I will also say about Zara, I do not like shopping online on Zara. Their so website, many people their hate. website is not, it's too curated and it's not user-friendly, but I will, I do like to go in a store. And things we never store. got over. That's the book thing. Okay. Things we <laughs> never got over by and Lucy score. Okay. Sorry. I had to, that's like okay. my favorite book ever. Things we never got over by Lucy Score. Okay. Do you have it? I might have to read it. Yeah, I have <laughs> it in New York. Okay. Um, all right. So now, if you could live anywhere in the world, um, where would it be? Like anywhere. Like money's not an object. Just if you could live in anywhere in the world. New York. <laughs> Aw, okay. Nice. New York. Or like my complete polar opposite of that would be like Hawaii. I think it would be really cool to live in Hawaii. I'm not, I am someone that like needs to be really busy all the time. So I'm not sure I would like Hawaii in my twenties. I think Hawaii would be a really cool place to like raise kids and like all of that, but it's also really expensive and it's like really far away from my family. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I've talked to my friends about like moving to Hawaii, like randomly at the end of our twenties and just like living there for a year. So that could be fun. Wow. Look at that. You can't live that far away. Well, yeah. it would be a really cool place for you to visit. That's too. true. That's true. Why don't I, I just take a, like a sabbatical for a year and I'll live. With yeah. You. Great. All right. Um, what is your favorite guilty pleasure snack or even again, top two or three? What? what? Slim Jim. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I have like uh, my palate. Okay. Listen. My palate has evolved immensely since I moved to Madison and then to Slim Jims. No, no, no. Separately. <laughs> okay. My palate has evolved. Like what I look for in food and what I enjoy is like so much. My standards are so much higher than when we lived in Missouri, like going from Madison and then from Madison to New York, like now it's even higher than it was in Madison. But I'm like, sure. My food expectations are so high. Like are I you telling me that West end doesn't compare to New York food. Like, and like we went to Texas Roadhouse and I was home and I was like, uh, <laughs> like, this is just gross. And I don't want to be, I don't want to sound like a snob, but like, it's just like how it is. Like I always go to these boutique restaurants that are like the best food in the world. And it's like, my food is just evolved. Anyway, my palate has evolved, but I love Slim Jims and all my friends make fun of me. Everybody I know makes fun of me for it. I don't know why, but they hit like this like nostalgic 
they scratch this nostalgic itch in my brain. Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. It is I love weird it. because I I, they, I like eat the monster slim. It grosses me out. They're so oily and <laughs> she got one yesterday when we were driving home from Missouri. What did we stop at a gas station? What did she get? A slim, I got gym. A slim gym. Like I don't know why I. I okay. and it's not like it's a I, guilty pleasure. I don't snack. like eat them like all the time either. It's just like when I see one and I want it. I like save it and I like look forward to it. Okay. Well, okay. So that was, well, what about like a sweet, do you have a sweet guilty pleasure that you especially like or not really? I like Talenti um, gelato in the flavor raspberry. Wow. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know what that is. It's good. All right. Um, what are your thought top three favorite? Um, and I, okay. So you are a TikTok girl, not as much an Instagram girl anymore. My question specifically is what are your th- top three public Instagram accounts that you like to follow? Maybe do that, but also your top three TikToks since there'll be a lot of people I'm hoping your age listening that probably are more TikTok people than Instagram. Okay. Um, I follow this account called Shit You Should Care About. I follow them. And it's just like news, like from celebrities to world news. And it's spelled just like that. Shit you should care about. All, yeah. All one word. And I love that. I love that account. Mm-hmm. I, um, Taylor Nation, like I, I just love Taylor, everything Taylor Swift. So I like always am following that. Um, the New York Times is a great Instagram account. Really cool pictures all the time. Um, and then... One that crosses over with TikTok is um, I like the influencer Mada Mada Mada. Spell it. Gravier. Okay. I think that's how you say it. It's her name's M A D A. Last name G R A V I E T. Okay. Okay, and that that is TikTok. Yeah, she's on TikTok and Instagram. Okay. But, I don't really follow like a ton. Of, I'm not really the kind of person who has like loyalty to d- accounts. Okay. I like really am on the for you page and discover pages a lot on Instagram and TikTok. Okay. Um, I, yeah. And I, you know, I just, um, you know, some, some, some people follow. Well, whatever, some people are like, like really meme accounts or stuff. That's really mm. funny that it's fun to follow. You don't. Really? Oh my God. I have one more. Okay. Tiny, the, the account, tiny celebrities. Have you ever seen it? No. Is this Instagram? Yeah. It's on Instagram and see. it is hilarious. It's just like they Photoshop like celebrities and like to tiny people <laughs> like that's Nicki Minaj. What? <laughs> it's so funny. It's so weird. Wait, wait, like, <laughs> what i don't think i would like that one but some of you may like who is that it's just so funny yeah that is kind of interesting and they just like photoshop celebrities into these tiny people and like there's juice world like what it's hilarious all right any more tiktoks that you tiktok Mm. i like the tiktoker darcy mcqueenie okay Mm, that's like it okay Thank you. Um, what is something that you have an unpopular, I like this one, an, a non-political thing that you have an unpopular opinion about? Like, I don't like Chick-fil-A or yeah, uh, whatever. I, yeah. Okay. Mm. I think pancakes are overrated. Pancakes are overrated. Yeah, I don't like pancakes. Okay. I, I mean, I knew that about you. But. I think they're the... I also think eggs, I think, actually, I think breakfast food as a whole is underrated or overrated. I'm sorry. It's overrated. I like would just cut, I would soon cut breakfast out of my meals. I look forward to lunch and dinner. I hate when I have to eat breakfast. Wow. I hate eggs. I don't like pancakes. I say wow, like I'm so shocked, but I knew that about you. Yeah. But that is definitely an unpopular opinion, I think, because yeah. I do love breakfast. Yeah. A lot of people love breakfast. I really don't. Okay. We're almost done, but I'm going to have to cut the, the, our second um, set of 30 minutes is almost done. So this should just be a little bit over an hour. Um, so we will be right back with the last couple of items. Okay. All right. We are almost done here. We really only have one more question and then we are going to wrap it up, but um, this is a good one. I think it's going to be, I don't know what her, what this answer is going to be for her, but usually this is funny. What is an embarrassing moment that you would share with 
us? I've had embarrassing moments. Some of them I feel like I should not share on a public platform. <laughs> um, one that comes to mind, though, was recently in New York. <laughs> my friend Maggie, my roommate, and I went out with someone from that we met through a friend in New York. And it was the first time we had hung out with her like by ourselves, but we had like been tech, like she knew us pretty well. Like we'd hung out with her a couple times with a group and like, we would been talking to her and like, have been trying to set these plans for a while. So we went and like, she's super funny, like super, like me and my friends, when we go out, we're like crazy and weird. And like, we're not the girls at the bar that are like trying to act pretty to like get a guy. Like literally we're so opposite that people are probably afraid to approach us. (laughs) Um, but anyway, she's like that too. And so we went to this bar where they had espresso martinis on tap and I drank seven espresso martinis, which like is unsafe. That is like a lot of alcohol. And I, then one of her other guy friends came and joined us. Like, I still don't, I didn't know his name. Like when we woke up the next morning, I was like, I literally don't know who that was. But I had, like, a whole conversation with him, apparently, everything. Anyway, we're sitting at the first bar, and we decided to go to the second bar. And at the second bar, I decided that I was going to pretend that I was Michael Jackson. So, the entire time we were at the second bar, I was, like, I had my Doc Martens on, like, the platform. And I was, like, going up on my toes like Michael Jackson would. And I was just going, like, in front of everybody at the bar. And I just kept doing that. And I was walking around on my toes at the bar. And, like, like we thought it was hilarious because we were all drunk. <laughs> but, like, I literally cannot believe they didn't kick me out or, like, tell me to go home because I was, like, being so loud and obnoxious. And, like, walking – like, I wasn't even drinking. And I was, like, walking around on my tiptoes and, like, acting like I was Michael Jackson. And the next morning when I got home and my roommate was, like – Oh my God. Do you remember that you guys were doing that last night? I was like, I literally can never show my face as that. I still have never got back there. I like can't, <laughs> I don't know why I was doing they that. Should have, they, maybe they took like a picture of you and have it hanging on the wall. With I you. like, I don't want to think about it. I hate <laughs> that I did that. And then she, our friend texted the morning. She was like, why, why did we get so drunk? And I was like, I have no idea. And she's like, do you remember how you were pretending to be Michael Jackson? And I was like, what the fuck? What, is like, wrong what with made me? you think of Michael? Jackson? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like going on my toes. It was so weird. You're funny. I don't know, okay. but that was pretty embarrassing. And again, not embarrassing in the moment, Yeah. but like, I can only imagine what like just normal people were in that bar and like looking over at me being like, what is that girl doing? And like, please kick her out. Yeah, like I wasn't being quiet. Like I was like walking around, like on my toes. Like so weird. <laughs> like why did I do that? Oh God! Why do we do anything after we've had seven espresso martinis? Oh God. Oh, I did not feel you, good the next day. Don't you love a embarrassing moments? Yes. I, the problem with embarrassing moments is I relive them over and over and I'm like, oh my God, why? I like, know. Why I like I just, just have, I like literally block them that. out of my mind. It's so embarrassing. Well, thank you, Allie, for sharing. We learned. Is there anything else that you would like to let the audience know that they don't know about you? Mm. Or have you pretty much exposed your life for us to? I pretty much have exposed my life. Well, thank you for sharing and tell my audience where they can find you on um, all your social media platforms. Just type in Allie Sprink and okay. you'll find me. Great. All right. Well, we, wait, you didn't do my favorite Bible. Verse. No, I know that's how I'm ending it. Like I always oh, do. Okay. But I just, am going to say bye. She's, this is, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday evening. It will be coming out tomorrow morning, Thursday morning. And then I'm taking this little girly to the airport on Friday. So I'm going to be crying then and, you know, um, and next week, but my next week interview, and I'm not exactly sure which day I have not recorded it yet. Not exactly sure when we're recording, but I'm going to be having on my hairdresser, Miranda. Um, she's a very 
lovely person, very interesting, very fun to talk to. And um, she is in her mid twenties. So um, anxious to hear what she has to say as well, but I will let you know when that's going to be airing. So um, Allie, if you will please end this. Well, first I have to say for all of you listening, thank you for listening. And um, please, please, please go and give me a five-star rating. Um, stick a comment in the review. Tell me how you like this interview with Allie. Um, feel free to tell me another person that you would like me to interview. Um, let me know questions you might like to hear instead of the ones I'm asking. Um, anything you'd like to put in that review section, I would love to hear it. Also, uh, five-star rating, subscribe, follow all those good things that uh, you do for the podcast that you love. Um, but as always, I end my, um, what is this? A podcast. podcast. Uh, with a Bible verse. So Allie's going to be giving her favorite Bible verse to end. Allie, take it away. Mine is Matthew 19, verse 26, and it is 26. And it is, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Great. Thank Done. you so much, Allie. And um, I hope you all have a good week. Happy New Year. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Say bye. 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 <laughs>